Des. Des. Desi, desi, desi. Des. Des. I'm here. Des. Des, mom. Oh, hello. 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 Oh, my gosh. Hey. <laughs> I'm just walking in. Have you heard of a group called Jungle? It's sort of like a throwback to the 70s. Uh, yeah. Uh, most of very it, interesting. That's when it was all invented, but, when people were on acid. Yeah, well, it, it's not quite the same. You don't get... It's... Hmm. It's I'll weird. play you my generation's jungle track, and then you can okay. tell me. Yeah, and then I'll I'll it. share with you the jungle that I was watching. Means a jungler, you know, a jungler, a jungler. Is it jungler? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a wicked, second. Wicked, jungle is massive. Wicked, wicked, jungle is massive. Wicked, wicked, jungle is massive. Wicked, wicked, jungle. I know. Incredible. But bigger. Yeah, no, no, yeah. not this. It's not the same. Well, nice. No, oh. The different kind of. Let me see if I can. If you put jungle down, yeah. Um, if you type that in to the search engine, and I'm trying to think what else. What what other? What word do I need to put after it? Right. Just bear with me. I'll get. I'll find it precisely. Find it for you. Do you know what I was trying to find the other day? The Divine Miss M, but the one where she's in the stupid costume. But I can't seem to find the stupid costume one. I don't know if I need to type something after the Divine Miss M. Oh, God. Um, no, I don't know, to be honest. Oh, hang on. Let's go back history. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, it's called Back on 74 Jungle. So if you can find that and then... Yeah. Realness. That's it. I think that's it. Yeah, I saw the, the thumbnail that you clicked. <laughs> yeah, that's Beyonce did. It's, it's Bob Fosse's stuff, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, that's because um, some of the men who look like women are actually men. <laughs> Transsexual. Twenty-first century does. It is. I know. I. It's funny. I. I start. You know, because there's this big debate about how Trump hates Taylor Swift at the moment. Oh, does it? And. Sorry? Oh, yeah, he absolutely hates her because she hates him. Oh, brilliant. She's... But Taylor Swift is a force of nature. Countries want her to come and do a concert because it boosts all their, um, you know, economy. It has a, it actually has a Taylor well, she... Swift effect. <laughs> Can't we galvanise that for the votes? Lock him up. Lock him up. Can't she do a song? That's what she's doing. That's oh, what she's doing. Oh, she's part of, a, part of a movement to encourage people 
not to vote in either direction, whether, you know, Democrat or Republican, but just no, simply no, no, to no, vote. That's, that, no, that's, we don't want that. What's she doing? I know, but but that's 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 been her um her ploy. But Trump really hates her. He's been saying the most nastiest things about her, Good. condemning her in in all his speeches. You know, she's this and that, and uh, some of the stuff is unrepeatable. Yeah, but I just hope because those MAGA people they have daughters, and I'm just hoping one of the daughters <laughs> when they hear that he doesn't like Taylor Swift, then they'll stop supporting him. Because, you know, supporting every well, country think, around the world and everything else he's done so far doesn't seem to dissuade them. I think you're right. I mean, well, I'm hoping that's, that the way it goes is it's the young who really start, you know, initiating the changes that, of direction that America needs to go in. But I tell you what, there's so much... Anyway, that's another debate. We ought to have this debate, actually, on during the course of our transmission. But anyway... How has your week been? Find something amusing to share. And actually, you know what was amusing when I woke up late? Yes. Yes. And your text yes. message says, oh, are you yes. up? Why not? <laughs> I feel like with the second part, you've answered the first. <laughs> Why not? Are you up? Why not? I thought that would amuse you. I once ran away from somewhere as an adult and the phone, well, I was part of a group of it and there was um, a phone call made to us. And yeah. the the line was, we are here, you are not. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're at the airport and we're escaping this place anyway. Do you know, it's so funny when I wrote that. I was like, um, are you up? And then I go, why not? <laughs> it's just, it just seemed to follow naturally, if that makes any sense. I remember in the beginning meeting in the morning going, oh God, we've got to find all these clips. Oh, it was there the other day. Where's it gone? It's half hour later. We're still searching for these 10 words. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much, it's, you know, life is so uh, much less complicated since I have all these, you know... Um... Yeah, well, you was using the old Apple Mac, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yes. now. Yes. And you treated yourself to a non-MacBook. A non-MacBook. And, oh, not only that, it's... Oh. oh. It's... It, life has got a lot easier. Was that he was due to do the performance. She, she stepped in at the last minute or something. Yeah, she did. I don't, I don't know. Something. Like yeah, that. she did. And she'd only sung that once, I think, before. Because she I, does I, it in, like, a bit of English as well as, like, in Italian. Like. Oh, it's so nice. Isn't it beautiful? I like Tupure. Tupure <laughs> Is the American singing in Italian? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, puray, puray. No, she she struggled, but to give her her dues, she was brilliant. Oh, it was she amazing! It I love it. Me. I love it when you get different artists singing other people's songs in their style. You know, there's oh, a uniqueness God, to yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, shall we get started before our countdown timer goes? Yes, again? yes, yes, yes.
I'm all ready. Right, let me find the I'm turn. Ready whenever you are. Episode yeah. 102 or 102? Okay. 102. One? Yeah. 102. 102, yeah. Gosh, a long number. All right, let's go. Isn't that, yeah, it is, isn't it? Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. In America this week, the boss is not going to leave. Proper videos show ex-Trump lawyers telling Georgia prosecutors. Trump threatened to leave GOP unless they embraced his big lies. The hammer has been dropped on Donald Trump's secret plan. And Senator Joe Manchin announces that he will not seek re-election as a Democrat senator, but may make a run for the presidency. Trump uses his New York fraud trial as dress rehearsal for his criminal cases. Election denier Donald Trump doesn't remember who the 2023 American president is. Red Republican state Kentucky loses big to Democrats in midterm elections. And the House of Congress passes stopgap bill to avert a government shutdown. And in other news, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has a reshuffle. Suella Braverman is out. James Cleverley has become Home Secretary. And ex-Prime Minister David Cameron has become a Lord and given the post as Foreign Secretary. The UK government's Rwanda plan is in tatters after being struck down by the Supreme Court. And Chancellor Jeremy Hunt has not ruled out tax cuts in this coming Wednesday's autumn statement. All this and more on this week's Des and Day. Keep it 102. No more fake it till you make it go along with the groove. Keep it 102. Why so hard to keep it real? One, oh, two. He, he said both. I like it. We have both <laughs> options. Des, you, you, I just love the fact you have created a list, but you need to maybe go back and check your early numbers. Maybe you missed one to nine, but I feel like they're <laughs> going to be easy numbers to find. But anyway, you could sell that list. <laughs> well, we've got there. That was Josie Greenwell. And an interesting artist, actually. There's some interesting stuff that he does. But anyway. In all good on. record shops. In all good, <laughs> in all good on record vinyl. Shops. On vinyl. I hope to be get we I hope we're getting our commission on this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what a week. Oh, what a fortnight. Yeah. What a month. <laughs> and we start, Dave, um, with uh, the boss is not going to leave. Which one? <laughs> Profer videos show extra employees. Profer. Proffer. Proffer. That's how the Americans tend to say. Proffer. Proffer is your offer. It's an offer. Profile. You are making profile. an offer of information. That's what it is, isn't it? Absolutely. The videos, Proffer, <laughs> <laughs> shows ex-Trump's lawyers telling Georgia prosecutors um, that the boss is not going to leave. and um, But also telling the prosecutors about the boss's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Now, ABC News released... Can we just released... clarify the boss is, is Trump, the ex-president? And the boss like... here is... <laughs> it will all become clear. <laughs> I'm just worried that we are, you know, playing games. <laughs> Absolutely. It will become clear as we go. The boss in this case, and, you know, it's almost like a mafia ring to it, isn't it? The boss is, as everybody understood within the White House, is always a reference to Donald Trump. ABC News released clips of confidential testimonies of what they call proffer sessions from Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell, who were both Trump lawyers. Now, these two lawyers have already accepted plea deals, and this proffer testimony looks locks in their evidence now proffer sessions just to explain to people like myself i was completely unaware of this but proffer sessions are often required as part of what they call plea uh, plea deals and occur when a defendant meets with law enforcement to disclose information that would be helpful to prosecutors now, the videos obtained by ABC do not appear to depict Ellis and Powell's full proffer sessions, but rather appear to be excerpts. Now, as part of her plea deal, Jenna Ellis, one of Trump's attorneys, had told prosecutors in Georgia, Georgia that she was informed in the wake of the 20. 20 election that's the presidential election that donald trump was not going to leave the white house despite the fact that he had already lost the election and uh, most of his subsequent challenges because there were over 61 court challenges to uh, against the the outcome of the elections and he lost donald trump lost every one of them and now ellis in her um, proffer sessions informed prosecutors that Senior White House official Dan Scavino, who who was Trump's valet for quite some considerable time, told her the boss, Donald Trump, a reference to Donald Trump, would refuse to leave the White House despite losing the election and alluded to two other instances she said were relevant to prosecutors but appeared to be prevented from disclosing those in the video portions obtained by ABC due to attorney-client privilege, privilege, which hindered portions of her proffer. So you didn't get the whole story. 
Now, Sydney Power, meanwhile, explained to prosecutors her plans for seizing voting machines nationwide and claimed that she frequently communicated with Trump during her efforts to overturn the 2020 elections, though both her and Ellis now claim they were never his attorney. Okay. In the session, repeated, Powell repeated the false assertion that Trump won the election, but she acknowledged in the video that she didn't know much about election law to begin with. <laughs> now, since those revelations, revelations, there have been an explosion of criminal allegations into the fake electors in the state of Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, and now Nevada. And in Nevada, particularly, there have been extensive paper trail left by the fake electors, all of them Republicans. Now, in this case, what we mean by the fake electors, um, the each state gets permitted, don't they? Dave, if you'll help me out with this, they get permitted to submit their allocated number of um, votes which make the electoral up the, college yeah electoral yeah electoral college votes that make up the number which of course determine the outcome the final outcome of the election and what donald trump and his lawyers allegedly did was to create some fake electoral college votes and have them submitted to the senate the house of senate uh, or rather congress and um uh, and to be announced uh, was hopefully to be announced by Mike Pence, which he refused to do. And what they've now uncovered is the a trail of all the people who took part in this electoral fraud. Um, and they're being one by one in each state being prosecuted. And as I say, the, they've tra tracked down the people in Michigan, Arizona, Georgia and Nevada. Um let Sydney Powell and Jenna Ellis, in our short audio one, tell us their own story. At the time uh, period where they were going to start to discuss, what was uh, Dan Scavino's role? At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It became deputy chief of staff. Um, at the time that the conversation in question took place. Okay, and when was that? The conversation was around December 19th of 2020 uh, at the White House Christmas party. And I uh, emphasized to him, I thought that the, um, the, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not gonna leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump, and everyone understood the boss, um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said, the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Ms. Powell, were you ever around when someone, anyone, told uh, Donald Trump that he had lost the election? Oh, yeah. Who? Uh, Pat Cipollone, Eric Hirschman, Derek Lyons, all thought he'd lost. Was that in the December 18th meeting? Yes. What, what was um, President Trump's reaction when, I guess, this cadre of advisors would say you lost? It was like, uh, 
well, they would say that and then they'd walk out and he'd go, see, this is what I deal with all the time. He was specifically willing to appoint me special counsel. In fact, he looked over at Cipollone three different times and said, do I have the authority to name her special counsel? And Cipollone said, yes, you do. And then somebody said, well, she doesn't have a security clearance. So he looked at Cipollone and he said, do I have the authority to give her a security clearance? And Cipollone said, yes, you do. And then about the third time we went through that scenario, uh, Cipollone, I think, said, you can name her anything you want, Mr. President, and nobody's going to pay a bit of attention to it. What do you think was behind <laughs> Cipollone's? Because that's quite unusual. Huh? You can yes. do it, but no one will listen to you. But you are the president. So do you think this was Cipollone like, at the end of his tether? Like, just like... I think so. I think... Um, and, and I'm just tracking back to his... Um... His he was the White House um, uh, was a lawyer. Oh, there's a better name. White House counsel. Count, yes. Yeah. And, and what he claimed in the January 6th committee hearing was that his attitude to the president was that, look, I'm not going to be taking... I think everybody knew she was... Well... Even Trump himself made reference to her being a mad woman. Um, the, you know, they thought that she was a little bit, you know, a little bit off, a little bit, you know, quirk, crazy. And, um, you know, you know, her, her threat was always to release the Kraken and people couldn't take her terribly seriously. And what they were saying, this woman has no knowledge. She has no experience of anything of, of you know, doing this kind, working at this kind of level. And you're going to for what until the twentieth of January because that's the handover period. You're going to insert her, you know, as in that you know position of power. If you do, nobody is going to take her seriously, and nobody will, will you know, will will will, will you know reference her as the, as the you know the the, the the leader of this. It's crazy. They just it, it was in in unthinkable for Cipollone. It just couldn't take her. She had no credibility. Um, and it, it was in line with all the crazy other ideas that Trump had. He had all these people that get up. I mean, he had, of course, you mustn't forget that he had Clark set up as the, the next um, AG. And it's just crazy. He had all these people set up for very high government positions, even including this man that um, who shared this information with uh, Generalis, telling her that the boss was not going to leave office, Scapino, Scalino, um, he, um, he he was Trump's valet. <laughs> and well, now the thing is, was the, the... yeah, you, the thing is, it's damning and it proves the whole case against him. But you need the person that he said it to, not Generalis. You can make all sorts of arguments with generalist stuff, but you need that middle guy or somebody else. He said that same thing too, right? And this is where it's beginning to bite, because we move on to after the the third Republican primary debate. It's important to hear what Chris Christie, one of the primary candidates, had to say. Let's move on to audio two. And so if you're discontent, and rightfully so, with the fact that people won't address it, and by the way, last night, 
We didn't get one question about it. Not one. I mean, think about that. This is the Republican primary for president of the United States. Our front runner is out on bail in four different jurisdictions. Think about that. He's out on bail. Like, and we don't talk about it. And quite frankly, you know, because I'm, I believe that you should answer the questions that are asked, as I said at the front. I wasn't going to go off on some toot last night and say, I know you just asked me about the, uh, you know, 300 ship Navy, but let me talk to you about Donald Trump's crimes. Like, that's just what ticks voters off. And they're like, no, well, how about answer the question that was asked? But you just asked it. This is, to me, simple and fundamental. He is beneath the office that he held. His conduct disqualifies him from being president of the United States. It's not a law that disqualifies him. It's not some court that disqualifies him. And I don't want a court to disqualify him. I want him to be defeated because the American people deserve better. They deserve someone who's going to put them first. They deserve someone who's going to tell them the truth. Donald Trump knew on election night that he was lying to us, that he had lost the election that he knew he was lying, and that he continued that lie all the way through to January 6th and did everything he could to obstruct the election and to overturn it. Mark Meadows is going to testify that Donald Trump committed crimes right in front of his eyes. And Donald Trump is going to be sitting as far away as you and I are from Mark Meadows when his former chief of staff says that to a jury. I tried 130 political corruption cases in seven years in New Jersey, and our record was 130 and 0. I know a little bit about this. He is going to be convicted. He is guilty of the crimes he has been charged with on January 6th, and Mark Meadows is going to prove it. Then what are we going to do? If he's still the front runner for the Republican nomination for president, let me tell you what's going to happen, and Chris would tell you the same thing. You're not going to see any commercials on television from Joe Biden that doesn't include Donald Trump, the convicted felon, convicted not by some Democrats, but by his own chief of staff. We will be stuck with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for another four years and a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate, and let me tell you what they're going to do. They're going to pack the Supreme Court. They're going to admit D.C. and Puerto Rico as states so that we can never have a majority in the United States Senate again, and they will make changes to this country that we will never be able to undo. This is not about him. This is about us. And we need someone to run our party and run our country once again who will put you first. Because all you ever hear Donald Trump talk about is himself. He was doing so well, and he had to then tell some lies about the Democrats. Oh, fair enough. I suppose pick your audience. <laughs> they can't pack the Supreme Court. They would have already done that if they'd been able. They need 67. Oh, but I'm not going to. Yeah, he told a lot of truth. But yes. he's very blunt and he's very clear. Yeah, cut yes. the Democrat bit out. <laughs> there is. There, there, yeah, well, well, that's a, a, a stark warning for the Republicans, you know. Because he, he demonstrated that at the very end, as you say, he that he's a true Republican, 
And for him to say that, that's quite condemning. What? When's the Georgia trial scheduled to start? Because Engeron surely should be finishing off in New York very shortly. I'm sure maybe we're he coming will. To that. He will. Um, the Georgia trial is supposed to be starting before Christmas, is from what I can recall. Fabulous, um, fabulous. And uh, that should be yet another wonderful episode. Get your popcorn out. <laughs> so yes, so not an. Not a nice position to be in. So in answer to your original question, uh, there are others that are going to be throwing some more fuel on the Trump fire. And of course, his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, have already uh, submitted, it's, it's already been given impunity um, for to testify against Trump. Um, and I would imagine that he too probably will be making a lot of proffer statements or testimony and what that does is that it locks them into their immunity plea in this case an immunity plea deal um uh or a a plea deal with generalis and powell that that clips of their testimony locks them into you know the inability to you know go back on their words and if they do so they will they could be done for perjury and and all the other nastinesses that surrounds lying in court but however we'll move on and a very interesting bit that came up is that trump has threatened donald trump threatened to leave the republican party and this he told had quite extensive conversation with the chair of the republican party the rnc he threatened to leave the Republican Party unless they accepted his big lies. Now, um, this breaking news was also revealed by the ABC News, uh, also revealed by ABC News, Jonathan Carl, in an audio interview. And Jonathan Carl talks about how Donald Trump was going to leave the Republican Party in his new, because he's written a new book. And let's hear a bit about it in audio three. Let me ask you one one of the theories that uh, that, that Mark Meadows asked uh, the uh, the acting attorney general Rosen to investigate was this idea that somehow the Italians uh, were involved uh, that using these these spy satellites to switch votes with the voting yeah, I machines. I don't know anything about that. You'd have to ask Mark. So, I don't know anything. I mean, what what do you and and, and I there's a woman. I don't, know, I don't know about that. I mean, you'd have to ask you'd have to ask Mark Meadows about that. Mark Meadows, good man, did a very good job. He was a really great chief. But, you, but, 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 you, but you'd have to ask Mark about that. You, you don't really believe that there was somehow foreign control of the voting machines, do you? I mean, do you really you'd believe... You'd have to ask whoever it is that's saying it. Uh, I think it's... I think, frankly, there was so much voter fraud and irregularities. Uh, where it came from, I can't tell you, but I can tell you there was a lot of voter fraud and irregularities. That was from an interview between ABC's This Week co-anchor Jonathan Carl and Donald Trump. And you hear there Donald Trump throwing Mark Meadows under the bus. And I believe Mark Meadows, as part of his proffer session with special counsel Jack Smith, will say that this was pushed on him by Donald Trump to come up with these absurd and dangerous uh, election lies. And Meadows 
we know from his uh, proffer session and what's been reported, said that he was the one who had informed Donald Trump that all of these election big lies were not just problematic, but criminal, and that Donald Trump would get in a lot of trouble by not accepting the results of a free and fair election. Because Trump threatened to leave the Republican Party. I mean, he straight on said he was going to leave. He was going to start his own party. He did this on January 20th of 2021. And she freaked out and at first pleaded with him not to do it, talked about the damage that would do to all the people that had supported him, supported him, that, he, that everybody will lose as a result of that. He didn't care. And then the RNC basically threatened him. We'll stop paying your legal fees. We'll make your database useless. You won't be able to raise money anymore. And you, you, the calculation that both Ronald McDaniel and Kevin McCarthy made was that if Trump leaves, he takes all those voters with him and Republicans will lose for a generation. But the Republicans have been losing now for about and a quarter of a generation. Republicans have lost you know, every election since 2016. They're losing or underperforming under Donald Trump. But they made a calculation that it would be worse. And the what if it is out there is what if they had told him, go ahead, start your own party at the depths of his, you know, disgrace after January 6th. Mm. I mean, now it's too late. He's built it all back. And another. And we thought Mitch McConnell, Comrade McConnell, was brave, and then he changed his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I love is, what... let's we should play the clip, but we know what he said when he said, "Yeah, the election is rigged." He said, oh, unless he wins, then he will accept the result of the election. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's anyway, no, as that's... we know, it, it, it's worse than we thought is exactly how we thought. Like he said, I'm not going. I refuse to leave. We're just going to stay here like a military coup. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. And there's so many people that so many people that are now testifying to this, that he's going. It's, 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 you, you wonder where, where his exit is. But however, what's emerged is even more revelatory and and um, we have some dangerous and dark news for you which in part explains donald trump and his lawyers visible contempt for the u.s rule of law um its judges the visible contempt for the the rule of law for the u.s judges their staff and its institutions and we saw that play out in the engeron um court trials and Donald Trump and his allies apparently are drafting plans to potentially invoke the insurrection act yeah. on his first day in office to allow him to deploy the military against civil demonstrations yep. and apparently it's been dubbed project 2025 and the group is apparently developing a plan to include draft executive orders that would deploy the military domestically under the Insurrection Act. And these proposals was identified in internal discussion as something of um, Trump's would immediate priority. And the Project 2025 intend to deploy the military to quell civil demonstrations. And they have already pumped $22 million into this work. And their members are being recruited from the um, from over 75 extreme right wing groups from across the U.S. These are 
MAGA groups under the what's called the um, Heritage Foundation. And Ali Velshi has done a great summary of this. And uh, let us hear from him in a short clip. It's called Project 2025, The Conservative Promise. Now, unsurprisingly, it targets LGBTQ rights, equating any talk of gender or sexuality with pornography and pedophilia. Abortion rights, emphasizing the, quote, rights of the unborn. It looks to ban critical race theory and gender ideology and so-called environmental extremism from schools nationwide. And it recommends barring discussions of terms including gender equality, reproductive health and reproductive rights. Banning discussion of reproductive rights. Now that is some handmaid's tale stuff right there. It makes recommendations to implement so-called Christian, biblically-based ideologies, reform voting rights, immigration, and more in a country whose first amendment to its constitution says, quote, Congress shall make no law representing an establishment of religion, end quote. But these are just the expected conservative talking points. Project 2025 goes further. It looks to dismantle what it calls the deep state, the administrative state, to defund the Department of Justice and ensure White House control of the DOJ. It wants to take down the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security. It wants to eliminate the Department of Education, Commerce, Health and Human Services. It aims to put federal agencies like the Federal Communications Commission and the Federal Trade Commission under direct presidential control. Project 2025 also relies heavily on the Reagan-era unitary executive theory, which is a fringe idea that Article 2 of the Constitution, which covers executive powers, gives the president complete control over the executive branch and rejects the idea that the three branches of government should have overlapping checks and balances on power. You may remember when Trump tried to use this line of reasoning in a speech in 2019 saying, quote, I have the Article 2 where I have the right to do whatever I want as president. Trump, for his part, is an easy and willing executor of the mandate for leadership agenda. Many of the suggestions of the mandate are personally beneficial to Donald Trump, like dismantling the so-called administrative state, the FBI, the judiciary that he so fervently claims have been after him since before he was even elected. Michael Hirsch, a senior correspondent at Foreign Policy, did a very deep dive on Project 2025 for Politico magazine. In his article titled Inside the Next Republican Revolution, he writes that much of Project 2025 will be difficult, if not impossible, to execute. Even the head of Heritage admits that to implement much of their vision, the conservative movement would need to not only have the presidency, but control of both chambers of Congress. Hirsch reports that Project 2025 aims to recruit, quote, conservative warriors to staff the next conservative president's administration starting on day one. They're already putting this plan into action. They're vetting people, making sure that their recruits are ideologically aligned. They're training them. Project 2025 is developing 30 video courses, teaching each of the 30 chapters of the mandate. The architects of the project have talked openly about the long-term plans of their movement, making it clear that they are thinking three, four presidential elections down the line. It is in part a training program, one of which the head of the Heritage Foundation promised will develop experts at killing bureaucracy. And while Trump is at the forefront of this conservative movement, probably in large part because it complements his personal agenda, it absolutely does not depend on Donald Trump. Already, Trump's top competitors, Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy, have made attacking the so-called deep state central to their campaigns. Michael Hirsch also reported 
that Project 2025 has been in touch with Trump's team, DeSantis's team, and with the moderate Democrat Joe Manchin about their goals. Uh, that, did that come as a bit of a surprise? Joe Manchin's no, name no, I was No, I was aware of this stuff. Yeah, because that's did the whole you... point. They're, they're not looking for political sycophants. They're looking for experts that can uh, Absolutely. pull this stuff into action. And were you also aware that he's not seeking re-election as a Democrat senator, Joe Manchin, but he's planning to make a bid for the presidency this year? Oh, this coming well, it's not going to work, is it, Joe? <laughs> Must be real. <laughs> but those were the the big the bigger picture, you know. These were a lot of these are long term plans that are been set in stone and it, they're moving forward but let's let's reflect now a little on what has been happening and one of the things is that um, um, Trump has been using this is a claim being made wildly made at the moment that he's been using his fraud trials as a dress rehearsal for his criminal cases um, and uh, the question being asked is did Judge Engron see beyond Trump's temper tantrum? Um, let's let's explore this a little bit with our video five, our audio five. What do you think about how his performance was as a witness, independent of the histrionics, in terms of what it meant for what inferences on the facts that the fact finder in the case of Goran can draw? Oh my God, it was disastrous. It was disastrous. Absolutely. Because, oh, that's interesting. You know, one of the things that I keep trying to emphasize to folks is this isn't just the remedial phase of the trial. This is about six more counts that the attorney general didn't ask for summary judgment or right. judgment before trial on, right. all of which necessitate proof of intent. Right. On that, the attorney general got lots of helpful admissions. He admitted he reviewed and approved financial statements and occasionally suggested changes. He agreed he was responsible for their fair presentation. He agreed he talked to Jeff McConney and Alan Weisselberg, the two top financial officials at the Trump Organization, about those. And he agreed at one point that he intended to forever forfeit the right to use Mar-a-Lago as anything but a private club. That actually is part of a legally binding yes, covenant it's like a document. Yes, and yes. then in the next breath, he insisted, and I have the right to change that at any point in time. So it's like the rules do not apply. That same Trump ethos definitely translated into this proceeding, but he nonetheless made a number of really damaging admissions. If you could see beyond the temper tantrums, one of the clever things about this case, in which Trump is currently already engaged guilty. In it's Which already been found guilty. <laughs> absolutely, Dave. Ne yeah, absolutely. On one count, um, that the and the judge is now. Um, he, it's there'll be no. It's not a jury trial. It's a, the judge will be trying this case, and he's already found his, Trump because his lawyers never tick the right box. <laughs> absolutely, and um, he's now also considering six other fraud charges. He's got to or six more indictments he has to rule on. Um, and what the judges determine is Trump's intent. Um, and Trump, by allowing, and Judge Engron has been, I think he's been rather clever. What he's done is largely allowed Trump the space 
to um, grandstand in the when he took the um, when he took the witness stand and just allowed him to say as much as and as much as he wanted and what what trump did was handed a lot of the evidence on a plate <laughs> now, and the, the, this is an interesting strategy played out by judge engron it says every judge who has a trump trial coming up should be watching this trial because it looks like a dress rehearsal um to polarize opinion about the the um the legitimacy of the um, proceedings themselves rather than try to win the case within the the court they're taking this information do you know it's always it's one of the most extraordinary things that have happened throughout this entire case and it's been going on for a few weeks now um in which basically the allegation is that trump um, um he 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 multiplied the he exaggerated the value and quite significantly and fraudulently to gain access to increased um, loans and ben financial benefits from inst from financial institutions um, uh, to expand his his property empire and that's what Trump has been boasting about within the confines of the court so he goes inside the court he plays this timid, shy person that, you know, can barely speak, almost like a schoolchild he behaves in within the confines of the court. And then he goes outside and launches into this huge tirade of the judge is this and the clerk is this and the prosecution is this. And he abuses everybody to the press and the media, attempting to try the case outside the courts. But it's we're concerned about what goes on in the court defend yourself man so yeah so anyway i don't know what else can be said about this case other than it's and him the, the 250 judge. million dollars revoke all his business licenses hello sir hello hello right um i was in the middle of my rant i was in the middle of my yes. rant what was i saying uh yeah <laughs> fine him uh take away his business licenses make him pay and do it yesterday go engeron engeron yeah <laughs> well we move on to the election denier um donald trump apparently he doesn't remember who the 2023 president american president is um and what's to be remembered here is that biden is three years older than trump However, he is fitter than the fat and overweight Trump, <laughs> who refuses to make public or private an honest declaration of the true mental and physical, of his true mental um, and physical health condition. Um, and the thing is, we've kind of been all been here before with Trump's. Um, and if you can remember Trump's false declaration about his um, his wealth and his taxes, and we know all of that to be untrue. Um, and let's hear Trump himself declaring that Obama and not Biden is the point in a short audio clip. So much more, but the head of Hungary, uh, very tough, strong guy, Viktor Orban. Did anybody ever hear of him? Probably, you know, considered 
very powerful, very uh, powerful within his country and outside of his country. Uh, not exactly loved by some of the European nations because he does his thing. He didn't allow millions of people to invade his country. He allowed nobody to invade. The zero, zero. He had nobody. So he doesn't have crime and he doesn't have the problems that they're having in other countries where millions of people are allowed to go in. But they uh, were interviewing him two weeks ago and they said, uh, what would you advise President Obama? The whole world seems to be exploding and imploding. And he said, it's very simple. He should immediately resign and they should replace him with President Trump who kept the world safe. And I'm not just talking the United States. China respected him. Russia respected him, North Korea respected him, and he used another word other than respect who he said fear. But as you know, crooked Joe Biden and the radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, and leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country was very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We beat Hillary Clinton. Now, you know, I used to I used to call her crooked Hillary. Brian, it's all coming through Iran, and Obama wants to, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to mention, he doesn't even mention them in his statements. It's all coming through Iran. But you mean President Biden. So, uh, uh, but right no, no, now. I also mean Obama. What do you mean? I mean Obama and Biden, but I, I, Obama is Biden's boss. Huh? As if you've has made he, anything, <laughs> has he forgotten Obama left before Clearly him? Not. Clearly not. As far as he's concerned, Obama's president. He's fighting Obama, not Biden. Obama, because Obama's oh, Biden's boss. Okay. <laughs> so you oh, know, when we talk dog, about yeah. mental, when we talk about mental infirmity, I think wonder. You know, who should we be talking about? Um, you know, but anyway, let's, there's so much more could be said about this, but let's move on because otherwise, you know, is he worth the space is the question. But let's hear from the actual president, Biden, on the important matters of states, on jobs and employment and stuff. But he'll be brief. Let's the play American workers are clips there. American workers are ready to work harder than anybody else, but they just need to be given a shot, a fair shot and a fair wage. That's not too much to ask. You okay? <laughs> I want the press to know that wasn't me. <laughs> you know, I'm not infirm. <laughs> I'm quite aware of what's around me. Oh, but then, of course, Obama keeps building more and more very important bridges and making the kind of progress that hopefully will get him back into office. The red Republican state of Kentucky and, you know, um, uh, the, the um, loses, sorry, the Republican state of Kentucky loses big to Democrats in the midterm election. And Democrats saw a successful election night last Tuesday. They're scoring wins in a number of competitive contests. Now, this is this comes on the back of several polls which predicted 
that Biden was lagging massively behind Trump in all the states. And if there were to be an election on that day, Trump would win. Um, and uh, in Kentucky, the Democrats won. Yes, in Virginia. But if, if he was convicted, this poll doesn't stand. Absolutely. So and the question not is just yet. And the question is actually, as you we know, is that the polls predicted a massive runaway victory control of um, by the <sighs> Republicans in the by the Republicans in the um, Congress didn't happen. Did not happen. So one have to question the validity of the polls. However, they lost. Republicans lost in Kentucky. They lost in Virginia, which they they flipped the control of the House of Delegates and control, maintained control of the state's Senate by large number. By but but they were largely campaign, campaigning on the um, the 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 threat of an abortion. abortion ban. Yeah, yeah. So abortion is the big issue. Is the top issue for voters. More than a year after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, as you know, Ohio was one of the several states that rolled back abortion access following the overturning of Roe v. Wade. The state made headlines after a 10-year-old girl was denied an abortion in Ohio and had to travel outside the state to under, undergo the procedure. And But as for Republicans, the results showed that they, they had yet to find a successful message on abortion. Um, and, and Daniel Cameron was a heavily backed Trump Kentucky candidate. And he lost to a chap there called Andy Bashar um, in a deeply Republican state. Um, and the two main issues were election denialism and abortion rights. This just the two things. Anyway, well, so the Trump... Yeah, do go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what, maybe I can highlight something because the Republicans right now, what do they stand for? Nobody yes. can tell you because they are not sure themselves. So this is the Republican uh, Chip Roy from Texas in the U.S. House. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me, one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done. Exactly. And even more to the point, <laughs> Trump, with his plan that we've articulated in today's show, uh, Biden supposedly doing all sorts of stuff, this 24-second clip, I think, encapsulates... What's, what really is at stake. Biden and the radical left Democrats claim to be defending democracy. He's always talking about democracy. He doesn't know what the word means. He can't define it. Define it for us, Joe. Democracy means the rule of the people. Not the rule of monarchs or the moneyed, but the rule of the people. Okay. Excuse me. Does this man even know what he's talking about? No, no, completely not. Completely and not. And, and the thing is, we there's a whole layer of stuff that I don't know. Either you chose to use these stories or not that because there was a fight 
in the house or the senate yes. they want to fight the witness <laughs> two of them behind the scenes want to fight each other trump at a rally last saturday using the word vermin yes and trying to literally is invoking hitler now like this is the nazi germany stuff like yeah. and also disassembly of the state this is literally we don't want to say it because it's like you're extreme but it's what it is listen to rachel maddow if you don't believe us go check her stuff out and her new book and you'll see shockingly 1939 in madison square gardens a nazi rally in new yeah. york city Nazi rally where one, one really brave Jewish guy jumped up on stage knowing there were thousands of Nazi supporters there I mean it's yeah yeah it's not always the land of the free guys watching the little kids put their hand up to the flag and you know recite the constitution or whatever it is they do is, is very far from the truth but the land of the free you're absolutely right um, there is a culture which Trump has invoked which is the culture, the macho culture in America. Um, it, it, even more, this is how he's ruled. This is the emphasis of his... But his, give, his... give me a success, Des. Is the, there was that stupid guy that was holding on to all the nominations for the army and the navy and so on, all the big positions in the government. Have they not just circumvented him now? Haven't they just applied a rule that will allow it to go to the Senate to be voted on? It's 14 it... hours. That's absolutely true, but the numbers are still very small. Um, they wanted to, they, uh, yes, he is proving to be, he's another Trump sycophant. But they've circumvented him now, but only for some of them, not for all yes, of them that they want to throw. Okay, well, they've, they've paved the road. Yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 the whole thing about the Trump culture of winning appears to be misguided because he and his Republican Party have lost the election in 2017. This is important. In 2018, in 2019, in 2020, in 2021, 2022, and they've lost in 2023. <laughs> Donald Trump is the heroine. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid I'm going to have to apply. Is the heroine of losing. And then Biden underestimation continues. They keep thinking that he's not going. And every time he surprises them. Even Joe Manchin had to admit that. That he is the logical choice. If it is a choice between Trump and Biden, Trump's the logical choice. But even if it was Haley or DeSantis, Apparently, just a, a tiny little side story there. Did you hear that DeSantis is um, wearing Cuban heels now? Yes, everybody has. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. But yeah, um, it's, it's you know, he has his height fixation. I mean, God knows why, but nonetheless, it's his problem. But yeah, it continues. Um, but... I think for me, politically, one of the most revealing things in co that took place in Congress is the um, the House of Congress passing the bill to avert a government shutdown. And this is really important. It may appear relatively minor, but they went through many, uh, they jumped so many hoops to finally elect a leader. Um, um, they, you know, they everybody applied for leadership and failed and finally they chose my 
Mike Johnson. And his first message, warning message to the Democrats was, if you think you can get past me, this ain't going to be so easy. We're going to make changes and we're going to make savings through this budget. However, the stopgap funding bill to avert a government shutdown with the help, they did, they, they passed it. They passed the, 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 because everybody was worried about it. 17th of uh, November was the deadline. They passed it. And they passed it by through the help with the help of the Democrats. Because for the but bill, this is exactly how McCarthy lost his job. So he's getting one for a pass and next time around, oh dear. Precisely. The bill, the bill that went through on this occasion is no different than the bill that McCarthy presented in September. This is this is the important point. 336 voted for the bill, of which 127 were Republicans, 127, 207 were Democrats. Against the bill, 95, of which 93 were Republicans and two were Democrats. So the hard MAGA crowd group still had a quite big voice in this now however the bill passed but with no funding for israel or ukraine that great news for putin and z no funding for u.s border security and biden wants to to fund border security but Re republicans are refusing to do it but they're going on and on about complaining about the fact that the whatever's there is insignificant is is not sufficient is insufficient so um, if you had a, you, you know, okay, what's the difference between the bipartisan stopgap funding bill that passed the House last Tuesday uh, under the new Speaker, Mike Johnson, and the September equivalent that passed under former Speaker, Kevin McCarthy? Nothing. There's no difference between the two. But McCarthy's lost his job. Um, but they've just created a drama, the Republicans. But as you say, the fighting has begun. And Mike Johnson suddenly discovered that he's under the same kind of MAGA pressure that McCarthy was under, Kevin McCarthy was under, because it's even forced McCarthy to um, to initiate a fight <laughs> with one of his own um with one of his own members um a republican members and there was a the claim was that he, he elbowed him in the kidneys and they chased the chase followed and they confronted each other and it was all well documented and it's, it was ugly and of course as you rightly commented there was a big fight in the in the senate it's it's they, the Republicans are convinced that violence is the answer to any kind of resolution. Clearly not. However, Dave, I think that's enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> About America. So much has been having, happening in the UK. I've got to give you a little bit of time, you know, to, to speak about it. So please, please uh, share some where light. To on, start? Where to start? Where to start? Ukraine. Let's okay. start with Suella. <laughs> Suella Braverman is crazy, forgets what her position is, tries to start a stoke up the right, 
enraged the Metropolitan Police Officer uh, um, Chief uh, and tells lies. Even the Conservatives are like, she can't stay as Home Secretary. Rishi Sunak keeps her. All of a sudden, he decides there is reshuffle now. He throw her out. He call James stupid, cleverly, sorry, uh, to the Home Secretary position. And then in a thing that he didn't, no one saw coming, he invited David Cameron to become a Lord so he can become Foreign Secretary. I don't know what David Cameron did that was so internationally successful, but at least it stopped us talking about Suella for 20 seconds. So Suella then decided to put in resignation letter. You were sacked, darling. I don't know about resignation. Anyway, and in that letter, she just put, nah, you're a stinky face. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if anyone has formally replied to nah, 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 nah. You know, she had all the great ideas. Oh, dear. It's bad, isn't it, when your own side won't even support you? Like, and, and again, what do you want? You want them shot? You want there to be snipers at Dover? Like, this is the way she's talking. And again, all that ended up happening with this uh, Palestinian marches is that you got the right wingers there. The EDO lot turned up arguing and remonstrating with police officers because they turned up at the Cenotaph. The march weren't even nowhere near it. So, ah, yeah. And I just, this, the government, I don't know what credibility it has, there's, if any. What has it done? Rishi Sunak, not that long ago in September, oh, 30 years of decline, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, some of that time Conservatives was in power. Now you bring back David Cameron. I really can't quite, I can't quite fathom it. And then even more interestingly, Labour had a rebellion. Well, no, just some of their front bench really wanted there to be a vote on a ceasefire. Keir Starmer wouldn't let it be a ceasefire. It had to be a pause. I mean, this is such an English debate, really, isn't it? Like, just say the ceasefire. Do, do we think Israel's going to listen one way or the other? They'll only listen to what the Americans say. So why? why and maybe I can see it. Keir Starmer's fearing the anti-Semitism, but why... Why does the, I don't get it. At what expense? I don't get it all. Anyway, so yeah, he could some have of the Labour front free, bench left. He could have made it a free vote, you know, a yeah, vote of conscience. Exactly. And yeah. I don't understand why he didn't. Again, maybe he's worried that it look anti-Semitic is the wrong way around of looking at it, but yeah. yeah. And the thing is, even the Americans are changing their tune on what's happening over in Gaza right now. You know, you've got to allow more trucks. You've got to this, you know, the the video of the hospital with the supposed tunnels. It has a basement, but did it have what the Israelis put? I don't know. This it's such a is a mess. Is a big, big mess. Let's have an election. Let's have a Labour government. Let's move on. Then we can moan at the Labour lot to fix stuff. At least they'll have to come up with fresh excuses. I tell you what was interesting. Just going back to the Suella. Um, uh, Braverman issue. Um, it's clear that she is the darling of the right. Supposedly. Apparently 70% of the polling was 70% of people agreed she should have been sacked. <laughs> so Absolutely. I don't, quite, I don't quite know if she's actually saying what people are thinking. But then it's... Do you know what? I, I, I saw a strange parallel. Remember, she was fifth. When when Rishi put his hat in or, yes. or got voted in the second she was fifth. Yeah. I I don't under... But she is definitely a darling of the right. There's, you know, the, the right is, is a very small group anyway. 
but and that's and the I point. Think... There's like thirty of them. Yeah, in this three hundred odd Tories right now, there is like Absolutely. thirty of them, and they are not big enough, and they want to put the letters of uh, no confidence in against Rishi. They are stupid. You're gonna kill your leader again, again yeah. and again and again. And also, Suella's intimated that there was some agreement that Richie had made with her, and she is he's broken his word. Yeah, yeah, like every politician, darling. Anyway, I, I just don't know how you can make Pretty Patel look good. Like, on the day that Suella was coming out with most of this crap, Pretty Patel was at the COVID, uh, what do you call it? Not conference, COVID hearings. And she was saying very reasoned and rational things talking about reining in her colleagues and reminding them the position of the police and that politicians are not in charge of operational matters with regard to COVID fines and so on and so on. So it was just really mad in this news day to hit reasoned, measured Pretty Patel. I can't believe I've said that. I feel dirty now. But, anyway. well, don't don't feel too bad about it because one important thing that, 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 align, that brings them close together is that they're both products of the right wing in the Tory party and they both were guilty of insubordination because you have to reflect on um, um, pretty pathetic I mean Patel's um, trip to uh, um, um, where Israel without the knowledge of uh, her ah, yeah boss, I remember now yeah yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, that May, was when she was May. international development secretary under Absolutely. Theresa May, wasn't it? And she just flew wow, there, how much goes on? Uh, yeah, yeah. Her secret. So there is a, there's some parallels between the behaviour of the two. So they're not, you know, they're not, uh, you know, different from a different, you know, as it were, different group. They're part of the same team. Um, but yes, you're right. It, it's it's rather sad. But now we've got cleverly in post, or you did call him stupid. I mean, cleverly. <laughs> anyway, that was so. There we are. Yes. So yeah. So, but what do you think? I I see some parallels between the right wing movement in America and the right wing movement in the in Britain. It's like, hello. Yeah, I'm here. Oh yeah, sorry. I I just seems I I just see some parallels between their behaviors and the kind of insane things they want to do because <sighs> Suella Braverman's face is doesn't appear to me the kind of face that British people would want to insert as their next prime minister. I just don't see the British people voting for her, and. Don't the right often have this quite extraordinary belief and self-belief that they are, you know, they want to row back all these changes that's been made in society, you know, let's, let's burn books and let's ban this and let's ban that and let's get rid of this group and get rid of so many things. Um, and I just feel that we're on the precipice in, in the UK, unless we have some, but we, oh, I think that the, the, the effort to, to appoint, well, no, not the effort, he did appoint Cameron. I think that was just to demonstrate that um, he wants to, he wants to take over the middle ground in politics in Britain. And he did, you know, 
want to convince the British electorate that he's not lurching to the right too much. I think that's all it is. He wants to steal Starmer's ground. Which is why Starmer should have given way to this, you know, to his MPs on this issue of Palestine, because it is, it's quite extraordinary what's going on in Palestine. And I mean, even Biden is rowing back on, you know, the things that Israelis are doing and saying, no, you can't really, you're going a little bit too far. But hey, people forgot who Netanyahu, Netanyahu is. Is, well, anyway, so sir, so Dave, where are we yeah. now? I don't know. Near Christmas, <laughs> I think we've got a couple more shows left in us. <laughs> right, I think yes, we're pretty close. Have you been doing anything for Christmas? Do you think that? Do you think? No. That well, are... one one is get together with you. So yeah. Oh, fabulous! And yeah, tell yeah. me something. Do you feel that in 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 Britain there is this 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 notion of? We've got a jolly good Christmas just around the corner. Let's, you know, drink and be merry in a few few weeks' time. Or do you think that people are thinking, oh, my God, war in Ukraine, war in this, war in that, war in everywhere. Everywhere we're going, people are warring. Do you think that's it's going to be a depressing Christmas is the question I ask. Uh <laughs> Pass. I don't know. I think I might turn off with the news. When we go on break, I might go on break too. I think you deserve a break anyway. Yeah. So we conclude yet another week. And what are we going to what are we going to be played out with, Dave? Well, since you liked it so much last time, uh -huh. in heaven there is no beer. I thought we might as well play you the original. Uh, oh so please. I, I would love that. What's his name? Frank Yankovic. Yeah, because oh. in heaven there's there is no beer. See you oh in two God. weeks. Okay, Dave. <laughs> Let's hear it. In heaven there is no beer. That's why. Gone from here, all our friends will be drinking all.